0: Hi, my name is Patricia Serrano from Fresh Traveler, and I was bitten by a monkey. This is Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs.
1: Yo, my friend, Aaron here, and you have landed on episode number 22 of Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. My friend, podcasting plays a huge part in my dream life, and it can do the same for you. Unleash the power of your voice and start your podcasting journey today. Head over to dramaticpodcasting.com. You can read my story and enroll in my free podcasting mini course to help you start your podcasting journey the right way. That's dramaticpodcasting.com. Notes for this episode are available at DramaticTravels.com slash E22. Today on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs, we are joined by Patricia Serrano. You can find Patricia at FreshTraveler.com. Patricia is a storyteller and a traveler, which she has parlayed into making a living through blogging and travel advising. Patricia blogs about places that people don't necessarily think about traveling to, and she advises people to travel off the beaten path. She supports places that are sustainable, as well as travel experiences that are immersive. Patricia believes we should walk away with not just a vacation, but also with a new understanding about that part of the world. Patricia joins us today from Chiang Mai, Thailand, and of course, you can find her at freshtraveler.com. Patricia, welcome to Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs.
0: Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me.
1: That's my pleasure. Before we start talking business, I like to ask people about their history as a traveler. Can you just take us—just take a minute or two and tell me how travel has impacted your life?
0: Uh, I could say that I grew up traveling because I grew up in the hospitality industry, actually uh, in Thailand. My dad was the general manager of a hotel when I was a little kid. So uh, he dragged our family around to different places as a kid. Uh, But I didn't really quite like it. I I didn't quite like being dragged around by my family because I didn't like the type of tours they were doing. I felt like waking up at 6.30 a.m. and like running around on bus tours was not exactly fun. So I guess that really influenced how I travel now, which is off the beaten path and not with huge bus tours.
1: So what was going through your mind as a kid, as you were living through these experiences that you weren't really loving, Were you just dying to grow up so you could go travel your way?
0: Uh, Yes, exactly. Actually, Um, the minute my mom dropped me off for college and gave me my passport, I just went everywhere I could like spring break. I went to Istanbul, Uh, you know, places like that. I actually did do a, uh, Bahamas spring break and I totally hated it and just not my style. Um, I wanted to go see like how people who lived in the Bahamas actually lived, you know, like the markets and stuff and no one wanted to go with me. They just wanted to party. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll go to the market myself. <laughs> so I, so I hopped on a bus and it's very easy to do that in the Bahamas because everyone speaks English. And um, I went to the market and I started learning about how people outside the resorts lived. And then I started learning about the history of the island, of how it was colonized by England and, you know, how the people on the island actually got there. So this was quite interesting. I am super fascinated by um, how people migrate all around the world. So uh, in traveling, I've met so many different people and unexpectedly found pockets of communities. Like, uh, I found a a community of, uh, Vietnamese people living in Senegal, you know, like that, that kind of thing really, uh, makes me excited.
1: Well, I love that you're following that excitement. Even, you know, that trip you described to the Bahamas, You said, you guys don't want to come to the market. I'm going anyway. And I love just uh, I love markets. That's one thing that I always look forward to, regardless of where I am shopping for food, where the local shop, whether it's an outdoor market or even just a you know, grocery store, whatever. That seems to be just a always a memorable, fun experience, regardless of where you are on the planet. So, Patricia, Yeah, I love
0: grocery stores. It's my favorite. Also, cause you don't need to haggle, so you, you're not a worry that <laughs> someone's trying to rip you off. This huge grocery store is not trying to rip you off.
1: <laughs> excellent. Excellent point for, for the novice travelers out there. You can always trust the grocery stores to give you at least a fair deal. So tell me about fresh traveler. What does that mean? First of all, fresh traveler. How'd you arrive at that name for your site? What does it mean to you?
0: Uh, okay. So I started my website as a college thesis project. Um, I was at Emerson college and, uh, I actually really wanted the web, the, the, uh, the URL, travel addict, but someone had it. (laughs) So I went through all these different words, like, okay, uh, why like the words that describe the type of travel that I, that I, uh, that I love to do. So I chose fresh because fresh is like, um, traveling to a place with your eyes wide open, like not judging, not coming in with, um, with preconceived notions of what a place is like, like, from, you know, reading the news, like going into a place with just like a fresh perspective.
1: Yeah. Fresh, fresh faces, fresh perspective. Uh, I interviewed a gal just this morning talking about, you know, your worldview is shaped by what you see. And if you want to, if you want to change your views, you change what you see and go see different things and see it through those, those fresh eyes. I love, uh, I love that.
0: Exactly. And also, um, fresh food is very important to me. So that's why I chose that word.
1: Excellent. I know in terms of starting a blog or any kind of website, picking that perfect name is a real challenge. And I, love, I like how you went through that, that story. How kind of gut-wrenching was that experience in the time? And imagine that you're speaking to someone who is struggling or wants to start a blog, but they can't even get past the point of picking a name for their blog.
0: Uh well I wrote every single possible word that I liked, and then I would search online. I was really lucky. My my blog's name uh, cost me ten dollars a month. You know, some other people's uh some other words are not as cheap. <laughs> I would suggest sitting down, just writing every single word, every single like two words, whatever. Um, and then sit down and like search online to see a, if it's available. Um, but not if it's just available on, um, like as a, as a URL, but is it available on Instagram, on Tumblr, on all the other social sites? I was very lucky that I started my blog very early. Um, I bought that, uh, URL in 2007. So back then, uh, there Back weren't in the like dark ages million, yeah i know there, there weren't like a million blogs and people weren't like fighting over urls and stuff like that and um so i was able to get fresh traveler the url and then also instagram uh tumblr facebook all of that twitter so i just wanted to just align my brand throughout through all through everything you know through all the different platforms
1: Good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great advice. I appreciate you taking this through the process. And one thing you kind of touched on it, but you didn't call it out specifically is you just put together two words that are simple. They're words that everybody knows. Most everybody should know how to spell. There's no ambiguity about, you know, about how you might spell it. They're just two simple, easy English words put together. You say fresh traveler.com and, and you're off to the races. You don't have to explain any oddities or, you know, clever things you did here. I used an X instead of an S or something like that. It's just fresh traveler, easy money.
0: Yeah. Straightforwardness. Well, I like being straightforward and also when people are reading your blog posts, right, they're scanning it. I mean, most people are reading it on their phones. Uh, so like just make it quick, easy, uh, pictures, lots of pictures. That's why I like Instagram so much.
1: Cool. Yeah. Instagram's definitely, definitely the, Huge right now, especially in the travel space. You got to be on there, and you got to be putting out great content, which which you are. So let's talk about your area of expertise. You're you're building this blog. You know you want to start a blog. What is the type of content that you wanted to create at least in the beginning? What was your idea? What was that message and that value you were looking to deliver through FreshTraveler.com?
0: Well, I specifically wanted to to create a different way uh, that people think about travel and not just hop on these tours. Uh, you know, like the, the bus tours that I was dragged around as a kid. Uh, so I did not want to, I wanted people to be open to exploring a new place and, uh, talk essentially like talk to strangers, uh, be more open to, uh, to to doing that. So, um, so basically my very first post was a video where I well, I had to like so I went to school for TV production so I there was it wasn't as um, organic as uh, like you can't have a film like a you can't produce a video like completely on the fly. so I had to do a little bit of pre-production. Basically the concept was you show up in a place, you talk to a local person, they tell you where to go, and then you go to that place and then there, Uh you talk to another local and then they tell you one other place to go to, and then you just keep going. You don't know what your itinerary is gonna be. So that was the very first video post that I put up. Um, but this was part of my uh senior thesis project at Emerson, where I wanted to focus on sustainable travel as not just being environmental, but also like immersive in the community supporting uh local businesses and the local economy. Because that's very important, I feel, and I carry that value with me everywhere I go.
1: Good, I love it. I love it. how strongly you feel about that. It's important to to have those those strong deliver that strong message and not be Im- ambiguous about about you know your beliefs with your readers and that to me, that is what attracts not just readers but fans, true fans, people who love he- reading specifically what you have to say about about travel, and what was the engagement like in those those early early years after that first post and those videos, you know, what what kind of audience were you attracting and how are you interacting with them?
0: The early, early days. Well, the super early days, it was my college thesis project. So I just, uh, showed it to like, you know, my professor and my, uh, (laughs) my classmates. And, uh, well, what was nice was I had these videos and the businesses that I featured in my videos, they were really, they really liked what I was doing, so some of the videos they put on their own website to use it as a promotional video. So that's one thing you can do uh, if you have the video skills or um, photography skills or whatever writing skills. Um, you can use that to promote small businesses that you know don't necessarily have the budget to um, to to have like a major marketing or PR like a PR campaign.
1: Okay, let's dive in there for a minute. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. If you happen to, to come across an, an opportunity where you're organically featuring small businesses or some, anything that you can promote within your content, and you're noticing that this is generating some excitement, that the, that the people you're promoting are enjoying, they're very pleased with what you're doing. How do you kind of pour gasoline on that fire, in a sense, to, to really amplify that and make it work for your business?
0: Uh, well, if the business owners like what you're doing, I think just share it, just don't be greedy with your content. Like not at the beginning, at least like, uh, share it with, with them, let them share it with everyone, you know, like let your content be seen. So, um, I know sometimes there's battles I've seen online where people are like, you used my photo and you didn't pay me or whatever. Right. But if you're starting off as a blogger, I think you should just share your work without, um, you know, necessarily asking for money. Uh, it, it it'll come eventually once you have enough followers, and once people or brands find you valuable, that'll come later.
1: So when you're you're talking about whether it's a small business or a larger brand, tell me about. What, what, is, what goes into to forming that relationship, to, to to demonstrating clearly the value you can provide for free in the beginning, like you said, and then eventually turning that into an opportunity to make some money?
0: Okay. So um, like I mentioned, I focus on off-the-beaten-path places, so places people don't necessarily think of or know about, or businesses that are just new, like they just opened. So they're hungry for any sort of publicity and what's the best type of publicity. It's word of mouth. Like you could, you could, you know, pay a million dollars for a campaign uh, that like, that, but if this campaign doesn't have like uh, what, what you get when you uh, recommend something word of mouth, like that a friend recommends to you, right? Um, The authenticity of that, then they're not going to make a sale. So if you think about it, like if there's a new restaurant and you see a billboard come to the restaurant or your friend says, Hey, you have to check out this restaurant, right? You'll most probably check it out if your friend recommends it to you. So that's the power you have as an influencer. If this is what you're trying to do, you're, um, contributing to the word of mouth. Um, uh, I guess like marketing, (laughs) I've never ever used those words together, but I guess that's what it is. Word of mouth marketing and contributing to like recommending this place for other people to come. And that's what the businesses are trying to capitalize on, or that's what you can exchange.
1: Yeah. And using the, just using the example you described about the friend recommending a restaurant in concept, you are your audience's friend making that recommendation. So tell me how you, what you were doing in the beginning and then what you do now to, to really cultivate that relationship, to build that, that trust that you, you can then, of course, parlay into recommending products for, for compensation. How do, you, how do you foster that relationship with your audience?
0: Okay, well, first of all, you need to be honest. So you should always only recommend things that you personally really like, uh, you know, not just because someone paid you, to recommend it, um, you should. The authenticity has to be there. You must like it. P- I think people will read into that if you, if you don't really like something. But starting but
1: also- going back and to break in. But going back just a little bit before you get to that monetization, or even when you're thinking about it, go back to when you're you're just building that initial trust with your audience. What what kind of Just ways, tips you can give to folks out there about how to engage and just build the trust first before you even start thinking about money, just building that trust with your audience through whatever channels, communication channels you use. How do you build that trust?
0: Um, Well, I think sharing information freely and being honest and not being afraid to say uh, negative things. You can't just say positive things all the time. Oh, this is so great. This is super great. Like that's not an authentic review of anything. You know, like uh, if you want to build your voice to be a credible voice, you need to be able to be like, you know, I like this, but I didn't really like this. Yeah, you need to be critical at least. And I think that when, uh, when people trust your taste or your voice, then more people will come to you. And, uh, you know, actually do the things you recommend.
1: I saw a very simple, but powerful example of what you just described yesterday. I was, uh, I booked a flight for next spring on Norwegian airlines flying their seven eighty seven, And I was on a, a blog, all this woman does, she reviews airlines and she took a picture of her in her seat on this, you know, it's comp, uh, she was compensated to take this flight and write a review. And she puts a picture of how little leg room she had. And I'm thinking that takes a little bit of nerve to, to, to say, look, I was compensated for this flight. I'm sponsored by this company, but look, there are some things I didn't like and here they are. And that's, you know, that's a, sm- a small example I think of what you're talking about of just being honest and and that's how you build that trust with your audience so that they know that when you're recommending something that you're not BSing them, she, you know, Patricia really is into this product cuz she she would tell me if she didn't like it.
0: Yeah, and also, um think about it, Norwegian Air, they could improve, right? So it's also good for them for the future when they build their planes, (laughs) their next planes or whatever to not, uh, make the seating so cramped. So think about like you criticizing, isn't like, Oh, I don't want to make them feel bad. It's not really about feeling bad. It's construct, it's constructive criticism.
1: Yeah. I just, the the, the thought that was going through my mind is more the and I don't get me wrong. I think she absolutely did the right thing. And, and as a consumer, I appreciate it. But just thinking about that, looking the gift horse in the mouth situation, if you know, she, her, her livelihood depends on being compensated by airlines to, to try out their new planes. And then she's saying negative things. You know, maybe that might dry up. I don't think that's going to happen. It's just, but I think that's a a real fear, at least in my mind, I have never reviewed an airline before, but just, you know, but it's, but it's that genuine, that authenticity that wins you fans and ultimately grows your authority and your influence in, in your niche.
0: Yeah, and also think about it. There's Norwegian isn't the only airline. Like right, if she didn't like Norwegian, right, uh she could possibly be sponsored by another airline that has more legroom, but at least we know she's gonna be honest about it. Now like everything's great. I mean there are experiences where everything's great like my first time on business class. I was like, Oh my God. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But other people that I was traveling with, they've like their seasoned business class travelers. They were like, Oh, well, this doesn't have this. This doesn't have this. And it was my first time. And I was like, Oh my God, it's amazing. I love everything.
1: (laughs) I just imagine you're just like a kid back, back being on the buses only now, instead of on the buses, you're in the business class. And Everybody settle down, Patricia. Act like you've been here before. No, I will not settle <laughs> yeah. down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was so giddy. But um, yeah, but I guess like if you are going to be, um, you know, blogging about that stuff, uh, luxury travel, you need to know the difference between the different cabins and which way the, the um, seats are facing because people will ask you.
1: Yeah. Well, just that loyalty, you know, showing that loyalty, true loyalty to you, to your audience. And I think you, we've kind of demonstrated that here, regardless of what kind of content you create, your loyalty is to, to your audience and then, you know, build that trust and the rewards, the rewards will, will come. So Patricia, let's one more question about kind of your early days and then we'll move on. What was your biggest challenge from a business perspective, your biggest challenge in the beginning, getting your blog, Fresh Traveler off the ground?
0: Uh, okay. Well, making money off the blog took a very long time.
1: Tell me um, about that, and then,
0: Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I wanted to, my, my passion was sustainable travel. Uh, and back then nobody knew what sustainable travel was. They're like, is it tourism?" What are you doing? And I'm like, no, it's just, you know, not traveling during, uh, the, just like basically traveling off season so that it's, you don't over run the, the town you're visiting or, um, like basically I would break it down for them, but nobody really understood what sustainable travel was. So I was like, okay, fresh travel. I'll talk about this type of travel without using the word sustainability. Um, so like trying to, and then tr- I had to like make it all fun, you know, I'm like, okay, travel's going to be fun. Uh but because a lot of people don't associate sustainable travel with being very fun, they, they associate sustainable travel with volunteerism or um, not having air conditioning or a dryer in whatever, your eco lodge, or they associate it with being in an eco lodge in the middle of the jungle. But That's not true at all. You can stay in a city hotel uh, that is sustainable that runs or operations in in a sustainable way. So for me, I kind of, I didn't like, I didn't want to overwhelm people with what sustainability was. So what I would do is I would show, Oh, this is a fun place. This is a fun thing to do. And then when people asked me later, um, I would be like, Oh, well, yeah, it's amazing. But also this particular lodge, um, donate some of its profits to X, Y, and Z, or I would, I would, um, yeah. So I would focus on that as like an, like a afterthought, but I don't want it to be an afterthought. I never wanted, I never thought of it as an afterthought. So for me at the beginning, I was like, I don't want to like, you know, I don't think people are ready for being lectured on how to travel better. So I had to just hold back a little bit.
1: So tell me about going back to that decision to sort uh-huh. of hold back in the beginning, how do you look, you know, looking back on it now, how do you feel about your decision to hold back that sustainability piece early on? Uh,
0: well, I didn't, I held back on, well, I mean, I would, I would talk to people who would, who were interested in it, but I didn't want to be like a preachy, like, a you know, a green piece, like, a. I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to associate myself with, with like, you should travel this certain way because the way you're traveling right now is terrible. You know, like, I didn't want to be like that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on the positive. So, um, I know we were talking about criticizing and having constructive criticism, but that's very different than, uh, than preaching to people and being like, no, you shouldn't be traveling to that destination because you're ruining that, that country. Like that's, that's not fun. People, I have to keep in mind that when people travel, they're going on vacation. And in the States, a lot of people don't have that much vacation. Right. So they're looking forward their whole year, right. To go on this cruise or to go on, you know, wherever. Right. So I'm not going to, I don't want to like be like a, like, like a negative person about that. I'm just like, Hey, how about your next vacation? You can try this other place.
1: telling people what to do rather than what not to do. And I think just that whole story that kind of, as you're having these conversations with yourself about who you are and what you aren't, you're, you're, it's helping you find your voice that clearly evolved over time. And sustainability travel has gained traction over the years and it's more more of a prominent part of who you are now. But it was a slow burn. And I think that showed some insight on your part early on to kind of and maybe introduce it slowly, build the relationships with with your readers, and then kind of slowly introduce them to this what at the time was kind of a foreign concept, even though it really isn't anymore. So let's get back yeah. to to the dollars and cents. When, when did you start making, when did you start making some money? What were those, those early efforts to actually turn, bring in some revenue through fresh traveler?
0: Because I come from like a, like a filmmaking background, I was able to make videos and then get paid for those videos. I realized that people would pay money for those videos. So I would, uh, like I would trade that skill that I had. So I would advise people to like, think about the skills that they have, like whether it's making videos or writing, um, you know, uh, you need to be open to all the different ways and opportunities that you can make money. Um, So like I would let's, okay. So trade videos, make videos for um, clients and uh, I could use that on my blog. They can use it on their website. Um, and because I was this much smaller team, it would be uh, less expensive to hire me and my videographer than you know, go reach out to a production company. So um that was a win-win situation. Um, and then eventually, like I don't know, after, I don't know how many years, uh brands approached me to to like be kind of like their brand ambassador, to blog about them and just be who I am, but um write about their hotel or uh the the travel destination that they want me to go experience. Um that happened much later. Uh but Okay, I guess I have to tell you what happened to me before. Uh, so, basically, I entered a contest um, to do a road trip across the country that was sponsored by Honda, Rand McNally, and USA Today. Uh, I didn't think I was gonna get it, but it was like video. It was also t- featured on the Travel Channel. And it was video blogging, writing blogs and social media. So it was a one month road trip. I signed up for this contest and I was like, yeah, with uh, my boyfriend at the time, we, we got, we, we, we like were one of the, we got selected as one of the participants. So we were like, wow, amazing. Okay. I'm excited. Um, this, would take our work from, you know, just being seen buffed by like my friends to, uh, to like a wider audience. Right. Okay. So here's what happened a week before we were, so he was a videographer and I am like on camera and also a writer. Right. So a week before the trip, we got into a huge fight and then he said that he wasn't going to go with me on the trip. And we had signed the contracts already. We were all set to just like go. And he said, you know, if I couldn't think he, he told me that he couldn't imagine spending the next month with me on the road because he was so mad at me. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, why? And then we were trying to like, I was trying to like patch it up with him, but he basically was like, no, I'm not coming. So, I had to go to, uh, Rand McNally USA today and tell them, oh my gosh, I got to a fight with my boyfriend and I know we signed all the contracts, uh, but I don't know what to do now. I'm really upset. I'm like crying and all this stuff. And the the lady who, um, was working Rand McNally, she was like, you know what? This actually happened to me. She said that she had a boyfriend leave her, uh, right before a trip. So she was like, you know what, if you can replace him with somebody else in the next 24 hours, I'll still let you uh, go on this. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Okay. 24 hours. Who's going to come who's going to drop like the next month of their life to come on a road trip with me. Right. So I like, I like, call all my friends from, from college who were filmmakers, but then they're like on projects people have work and stuff like that. And then finally I called my college roommate, um, who is a singer and she was based in Nashville at the time. And I told her what had happened. And she was like, she was working at a restaurant at the time. And then she was like, you know what? I don't know if I can go because I already signed up for all these shifts of uh, at the restaurant, you know, she, but she was like, I would love to go. Cause I really want to go cross country. And I was like, yeah, I'm really looking for someone. But the, the thing is they have to be able to come with me like next week, like literally like in six days, they need to meet me in, um, Washington DC. So she's like, okay, let me, let me think about it. She hangs up the phone and I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm not going to be able to go on this trip. And then she calls me back after maybe like five seconds. And she's like, you know what? An opportunity like this doesn't come very often. So Smart screw girl. my job. Yeah, she's like, screw my job. I'll like, whatever, they'll be mad, but let's go, right? So she bought a ticket and met me at a, in DC and we did this uh, one month trip. And it was really, really, really
1: fun sounds like it. that's incredible and do you have uh who has the movie rights to that story because i'm i'm intrigued <laughs> movie rights i'm just joking it's out just especially the part after your, your, your boyfriend breaks up with you and then you have this whole this crisis and you're looking for a friend that just i see a movie playing in my head probably something on the, yeah. the hallmark channel but but entertaining nonetheless so it's because you brought up your ex-boyfriend it made me think of a an article that you wrote on your blog it said why you should date a girl who travels or something to that effect. Speak to that for a minute. I'd love to hear, hear what that's all about.
0: Oh, Oh, that article. Okay. So I wrote that because there were, there were all these articles at that time circling like why you should date a girl who reads, why you should date a girl who writes, why you should date a girl who like there's, there were like all these articles circling. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I write my own version of this? And actually, that's what you should do as a, if you're going to blog and write, join in conversations. That's very important. So you're not like all by yourself talking to yourself, right? In, in your little blog, you need to you know comment on other people's blogs. Uh, so that blog post of mine was a comment to someone else's blog post. Uh, are you asking me to comment on the Content. Well, I,
1: I was, but I actually wasn't expecting you to make the point you just made. And it's, and it's a brilliant one in terms of, you know, just from a business perspective is to just be a part of those conversations that are relevant in the time. Like you said, if there's blog posts circul- circulating that are very popular about why you should date a girl who does, you know, XYZ fill in the blank. And, you know, hey, there's not one out there. This is why you should date a girl who travels. Guess what? Patricia I'm going to write this article and I'm going to you know put that out there and that's a great way to one engage in the conversation but also put out relevant content that people are looking for and they're going to find and they're going to connect with you. So uh, but when I originally asked the question I was just curious you know at the bullet points were why should we date well, I'm not dating anyone. I'm happily married, man. But why why should someone who well,
0: You should who, be dating your wife.
1: I That's should be dating my wife and she travels. So I have hit the jackpot, Patricia. But for the single fellows out there, why should we be why should we date a girl who travels?
0: So, you should date a girl who travels because girls who travel are very open-minded and not only that, they're probably really good at solving problems on the fly and we will probably not freak out if uh, there's a bump on the road. So we're tenacious people and don't mind if plans change. And if plans change, there'll always be another plan. So
1: this is someone you want on your team. Absolutely. Tenacity. I love it. So Patricia, what are you working on now? What's going on right now? We're in August, almost to September 2018. What's happening with uh, Fresh Traveler? What are you excited about?
0: I'm super excited, uh, for the next chapter in my life. Um, so I've been, um, travel advising for the last, uh, four years. Um, but I am specifically going to focus on just sustainable travel, uh, starting in September, which is right now, right? September. But I mean, by, by my birthday, basically, I just want to be selling sustainable travel. And this is super exciting for me because I feel like from the very beginning of my blog, I've been holding back, like holding back at like, Oh, this look at this fun way of traveling, but never like, this is why sustainable travel is amazing and great. And you should be doing this. And now I feel like the time is right for that. Like now I can talk about sustainable travel and sustainability and people will actually listen. So I'm working on, um, I'm working on, uh, helping some friends of mine grow a, uh, a host agency that is only for sustainable travel. Do I need to explain what a host agency is?
1: Yeah, just take a second.
0: Okay. Okay. So basically, um, uh, travel agents, you know, you're, you're, you work for yourself, but you're part of a, like a mothership. Right. And this mothership company negotiates all the contracts with the hotels and the airlines and stuff so that you as an agent are able to offer your clients the best uh, prices. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, there's tons of host agencies, uh, like some focus just on cruises, some focus on luxury travel, which is the one that I am a part of right now. Pro Travel International. Um, but a friend of mine is building a host agency that is focused only on sustainable travel. And I just got so excited. I was like, I'm part of the founding. Uh, I'm like one of the founding members. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like like I'm going to grow a child like right now. Yeah, <laughs> were, like, you, were you like, more
1: excited than you were in the business class flight?
0: Uh well the business class flight I was like a like a, ch- I was like a child but this <laughs> time, but but this time I don't feel like like ex- excitement of like being a child but more like being a new parent.
1: Oh that's awesome.
0: Or yeah where I'm like able to like shape something. So um yeah so that's the new project that I'm super excited about and I'm going to be talking uh, and sharing more about uh at TravelCon and inviting people to to come join.
1: Cool. I can hear. I can hear the excitement in your voice. Your whole your whole tone kind of kicked up just a notch there when you started describing that. I can I can hear the excitement in your voice. I'm really really happy for you. That's awesome. You put in the work, and you know, sustainable travel is clearly uh, one your your passion. And I'm so glad that you're getting involved in something that allows you to kind of facilitate that and and make it a bigger part of of our universe. It's super super cool. What's the biggest challenge in in this new step? What's the biggest challenge right now in your business?
0: The biggest step, Uh, well, okay. The The biggest biggest challenge. Okay. The biggest challenge in my business is okay. So, when you work for yourself, there's going to be days that are like you make a bunch of money and then days where you don't, right? So, it's going to be like highs and lows and highs and lows. So, the biggest challenge for me is staying grounded. And, well, I try my best to stay grounded and realize that. How much money your business is making doesn't reflect on who you are as a person. You as a person is separate than uh, how much money your business is making. And even if your business is making tons of money or not a lot of money, I also think you should think about the impact, like the social impact that your business is making on other people, you know, because sometimes I would be like beat myself up and be like, oh, my God, I can't this is so hard and I want to give up. Maybe I should just get like a normal job because this is crazy. You know, I I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Um, But then I get like people who tell me that they're very um, inspired by what I do and they love seeing my travels and they like, they're happy to see me go to all these places and uh, they live vicariously through me. And I was like, wow, okay. I didn't realize that because, you know, in my own world and universe, I'm all like, ah, where am I going next? Uh, will I make the sale. I have to make the sale. If I don't make the sale, I can't pay the bills. You know, like that's my universe. Whereas like on Instagram, people are like, oh my gosh, look at that pretty place she's going or, um, she's traveling on her own to places that, um, we never even heard of. You know, and that's uh like I when someone tells me that I am inspiring them and making their life better in any which way um to me that means a lot more to me than how much money I'm making, of course, you need the money to live absolutely, but yeah, but well, de- dealing think- with
1: that uncertainty that you're describing and maybe that the heartburn that goes along with that, and then all and staying grounded, mm-hmm. staying level headed through all that- t- can you describe a tactic, something you do? regularly to, to stay grounded and just work through those, those tough, uncertain times as an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I meditate. Uh, you're supposed to do it every morning, but I don't necessarily wake up in the morning. I wake up in the afternoon <laughs> sometimes. So when you wake up, I think it's very important to take some time for yourself and just, well, I meditate because uh, I have to realize that these thoughts in my head that are like, oh my gosh, the whole world's falling apart. That's not real. That's just like, you know, I need to distance myself from that so that I can actually make uh, calm and uh, smart decisions, you know, especially when things are so uncertain. You, at least my neurotic mind goes, oh, <laughs> worst case scenario at once. Yeah, so I have to like, calm that voice down. And then also uh, f- spending time with friends and family. And not neglecting that like we blog, we travel and uh, we share all these experiences digitally with so many people, but um, to also realize that um, the importance of human connection, so not just um, sharing stuff digitally, but also, you know, meeting people Uh, like hopefully like I'll meet you when I'm in Austin, right?
1: Absolutely. Making
0: this connection. Yeah. So like that type of stuff and those types of connections is what keeps me grounded.
1: I love that. Keeping your mind clear and keeping those, those strong connections with the people that matter most. I love that. Also too, how you have an understanding of your own mind because nobody knows your mind the way you do and understanding the specific Kind of tactics you need to do to 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 stay clear, and I love that you're that, that you're working through that. And I also love that you shared that because it's really important to get out there, especially anyone who's looking to be on the road and and blogging the way you are. You've got to stay sane out there, and and you got to know yourself and figure out ways to to keep it together. I love that. So we're winding down here. We are talking to Patricia Serrano from FreshTraveler.com. Patricia, before we say goodbye, just a couple quick parting thoughts. And first of all, I'd like to know who besides yourself, who besides you has had the biggest positive impact on your business?
0: I would say like... My friends and family who put up with this, <laughs> who put up with me crying and being like, "Oh my god!" Sometimes I'm gonna put your feet. I'm
1: gonna put your feet to the fire. Name, give me, give me a name. Who's that one person who who gets those mo- the, the most teardrops on their shoulder and those late night phone calls?
0: Oh my gosh, it would have to be my mom. <laughs> Sometimes she's like, I don't know what to do with you. You, she's like, maybe she. But you know what? It's really sweet. Um, she'll like give me these suggestions when I'm like totally freaking out that totally make no sense. Like I'll be freaking out about a sale or like a sale that didn't go through or, uh, or like a partnership that like didn't go through or money that hasn't been paid. From past work, this is also an issue. And then my mom would be like, "Well, why don't you like be a teacher at an international school for a year?" And I'm like, "What? I don't even have a degree in education." Or she'll like, or she'll like, maybe you should go work for the UN. Like you know, she'll give me all these. These um, it's really sweet. Moms are always super sweet. Well, my mom in particular, she's always um, told me to you know, pursue my dreams. And sometimes I wonder, I used to think, is this to my detriment that she's telling me to pursue my dreams? Because dreams are like, you don't know what happens next, right? It's not a straight path. It's not a, it's not a, like a a corporate, you're not climbing a corporate ladder. You're climbing the clouds of dreams. Like you don't know where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So I would say that she's definitely also gotten me out of a lot of pickles. Um, so I would say, but I share the stuff that I, that I get, like all the, all the positive things I get from my job. Like I just took her on a three week trip to India and that wouldn't have been possible without my job, without what I'm doing right now. So
1: that is fantastic. Way to bring it home there. I told you earlier that your voice, your excitement and your voice kind of went up a notch when you were talking about your new business venture. Well, it went up another notch when you told that story about your mom. It is super, super sweet. And I love hearing that. And shout out to mom, whatever she's doing right now. Patricia loves you. And uh, she's thinking about you right here on this podcast. Okay. So Patricia, last question before we say goodbye. We've talked about TravelCon, of course, which you and I will both be at in three weeks time. Folks who attend TravelCon are going to be making an investment in themselves to attend the conference and, of course, to travel to Austin. That's, there's, they're looking to get something out of that to change for the better. So I'm going to ask you right now, before we say goodbye, what is the best investment that you have made in yourself when it comes to your business?
0: Uh, starting my LLC, for sure. Uh, like it's, I, It was kind of scary, right? But it's not that scary. And it's actually quite easy especially if you are in the States, the United States. Um, yeah, you could register your business and made it like official and real. And then you could open a business account and then you can open, you know, you were like, wow, you have a, you have like a, a business tax ID and it becomes real. Cause it's like, now I'm working for myself. I mean, it's not easy obviously, but, um, I mean, I find that the like the freedom to do what you want to do every single day outweighs all the, all the other, all, all the other stuff, all that. Yeah. So, um, I'm very happy. So that, I some, did that
1: So to someone who's just getting started, Patricia, in your opinion, when's the, when's the ideal time to, to start that LLC?
0: Now, now, wait. Yeah. No, I just read this article right before I got on this, on this call. Uh, Basically, um, like the longer you take to make a decision, the more your mind makes up all these excuses, like why you can't do it. So I think it's like uh, you have to decide within like five seconds whether you're going to do something or not.
1: So. I love that. And then free up that mental bandwidth to do do things that really matter. I love that. That's a huge uh, huge takeaway there. Patricia, I'm yeah. going to let you go. You've said it all. This has been a fantastic conversation. Really look forward to connecting with you again. Of course, you've been talking to Patricia Serrano. Her website is freshtraveler.com. You can also check her out on Facebook, facebook.com slash freshtraveler. And then on Instagram at freshtraveler. But we already knew that because you told us early on how you got all those domains locked down. Fresh Traveler, Patricia Serrano, thank you so much for joining us on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs.
0: Thank you, Aaron.
1: If you create travel content, then you know how important it is to truly connect with your audience. And podcasting is simply a phenomenal way to create those intimate connections. Podcasting lets you use the power of your voice to share your message, change people's lives, all while expanding your influence and growing your business. My friend, podcasting is a huge part of my dream life and I want to help make it part of yours too. So if you're ready to start using the power of your voice, take that first step by going to dramaticpodcasting.com and there you're going to find everything you need to start your podcasting journey from how to create and launch your podcast to how to grow your audience and start making money. It's all there, my friend. It's at dramaticpodcasting.com.